0: and on RTHK Radio 3 with Red Light. Time is now eight minutes past two o'clock and you're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. And since it's Tuesday, you know it. I'd like to welcome back on the programme, Andrew Dembina. Andrew, it's great to speak to you today. How are you doing?
1: Good. Sunny Arvo to you, Noreen. Yeah, doing
0: okay, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very good. Did you have a nice, um, uh, what do you call it, Dragon Boat Festival? Well, son's dragon
1: boat well, this year? Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 there was a bit going on on Larmor Island where I live, but I didn't, oh. uh, I didn't, I didn't catch it. But uh, my wife saw a bit of it, told me about it. But uh, but we did put away some uh, jong, the mm. old uh, tri, you know the triangular or pyramid type uh, dragon boat festival uh, leaf wrapped, r- containing lots of goodies type uh, type food. I've had quite a few of those. Some from, uh, made by uh, my mother in law. She does them every year.
0: Wow, from and, scratch. Uh, That's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, amazing. she's going to probably stop doing that soon because it is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And she ain't getting no younger. Bless her. It's but, amazing. Um, but. It, but Oh, they were good. They were
0: good. What about you? Did you do anything for that? Uh, we 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 got into the the, the ocean. We we went we went for a swim. We went all the way to Motat One. When I say all the way, um, oh, right, yeah. I, I live in Kennedy Town, so it was it wasn't actually so bad. We just you know uh, went on a mini bus to um, Aberdeen and then hopped on the the, the boat. So that was lovely. Mm. Yeah, it's nice
1: though, isn't it? Because the, the Motat One uh you can did you get the big ferry or did you get a did you get a kindo
0: of guide-o? oh um i th- no it wasn't a big ferry i think it sat oh no no no. there, there were two two levels to it so okay because you go
1: out on the deck at the front yes yeah, that's nice isn't that did yeah you do a bit of
0: that i did i did does that make yeah that's where i sat because it was so jam-packed full of people
1: yeah, <laughs> they, yeah well... Really,
0: they, they pack you in like sardines sometimes.
1: Oh, okay. So no choice. You had to sit in one, one place only. But good that you chose the outside, you know. Exactly. That, yeah, uh, it was really yeah, lovely. Yeah. And
0: and the weather was nice. It, it was actually, it was, yeah, very, very nice. Anyway, enough of that. Good. I didn't manage to have yeah. any jong. Will you be chatting about jongs today? By any chance? No,
1: no, we've done the jong chat. On to other things straight away, Nori. Yes. Let's Let's, let's dive into more global things where people might not always know what Jong is. Um, so last month was the coveted annual list known as Asia's 50 Best Bars. That was announced. We've talked before about uh, Asia's 50 Best Restaurants. It's the same organizers, it's an international organization that uh, has been going for decades now. They started off doing Best Bars of the World and Best Restaurants of the World and then they've started to focus in recent times, but it's been more than a decade for Asia's best bars and the restaurants. We talked about the restaurants one that comes out earlier in the year, a couple of months ago. Uh, so, onto the bar results. So, the 50 best are always the ones that are most coveted, but they always list numbers 51 to 100 after that. So, it's interesting to see what's going on around the region. Of course, we always want to know, What what was it like for for Hong Kong? So to say not bad, it would be an understatement because Hong Kong smashed it, getting the top spot this year. It went to a bar, number one bar in Asia, according to this list, which every, I mean, consumers are really into this as much as the uh, industry themselves. Um, It was Koa Bar, which uh, I I don't know if you know that one, Noreen, it, uh, it's in Soho and it's launched, it was launched in 2017 um, and when it first launched, it's only, so it's only been around for a few years and now it's at the top of the list. This is pretty unusual and it's even more unusual because the owner and bartender himself, Jay Khan, um, was a star of the bartending scene in Hong Kong at other bars for years before he opened his own place just in 2017. And he decided to go for um, a tequila and mezcal kind of focus. And so coa, the name of the bar, is the Spanish word for a knife that's at the end of a stick, which is used for harvesting the agave. It's like a kind of uh, a bit like a, a sort of a hoe for gardening, or, uh, but it's a bit, but, it's, but it's kind of got this very rounded blade. Anyway, that's really great that Hong Kong is at the top of the list this year and it, uh, it's it's also something which is a surprise how fast it happens and with something that isn't the best appreciated type of alcohol from the agave plant. You know, you could get mezcal or tequila uh, made from the agave plant, which looks a bit like an aloe vera plant, um, and it's not something, I don't know, I mean, you among your peers and friends, do you hear many people talking about having either a tequila on a
0: night out, or a tequila or a mezcal cocktail. Laurie, I mean, that's um, yeah. among your peers. Um, yeah, I think about a few years ago there was a tequila bar that opened, right? Well,
1: this might be this might be it. Yeah, because it's got. But when you say uh, tequila,
0: so, you know who met? That makes me think of the one and the only Phil Wheelan. I think that's his tipple, isn't it? Ah.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, his, that's his calling card, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. To suddenly appear with a tray of shots with <laughs> of tequila between the beers. That, that, <laughs> that, that, that rings, rings a very Loud
0: big memory.
1: Bell. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing that bell. Last orders, please, for those, Mr. Whelan. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, looking at the top 50 list, though, Hong Kong may have the top spots, but it does, we don't have another entry until number 10. Uh, which is uh, the newly refurbished last year during COVID Caprice Bar at the Four Seasons Hotel, whereas Singapore has four placings in the top ten. Singapore, as I said a couple of months ago, when we were talking about the 50 best restaurants list, is the kind of, um, you know, the real biggest competitor against Hong Kong when it comes to food and drinks establishments because both have a lot of very well thought of, um, you know, places independent ones as well as those in hotels mm. so yeah singapore had four in the top 10 as opposed to uh, hong kong's uh, two and uh, tokyo was in the top 10 twice and then it's a mix from the rest of southeast asia and uh, greater china talking of china uh, i saw at number 15 an interesting name of a of a bar i love a good pun in uh, in names, it can be bar names or anything really. This is called Hope and Sesame, Hope <laughs> and Sesame. Do you like that?
0: <laughs> very so, good. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. So so I thought, what, why is it called that? What's sesame got to do with a bar? So it intrigued me, and I just kind of found out a bit more about the bar. So it's a Guangzhou bar which uh, in, opened in in 2016, and it calls itself the very first speakeasy speakeasy in Guangzhou. Let's be clear, the modern term speakeasy uh, has pretty much nothing to do with where it came from, which was the US prohibition era where alcohol wasn't allowed. It was first invented. That was the 1930s, uh, yeah, non-alcohol mm-hmm. uh, era in America where patrons were uh, would find uh, establishments that served drinks in a tea cup and pretended they were serving tea out of a pot but there'd be cocktails in there and there was sort of kind of there were secret passwords given at that time on the door directions given you know knock three times or whatever a secret mm-hmm. handshake or something all that kind of thing so a few years ago if you heard about these nori i think i i might have mentioned one or even or even sort of did a recorded feature with people that came over from new york and uh, started one the one with uh, with you know with with quite a bit of uh, uh, media attention in, in Hong Kong, um, but this one in Guangzhou, though, apart from having a hard to find door, apparently, um, does what most speakeasies tend to do in the modern time, which is to make really out there cocktails. So this place has hope and sesame has pr- really high tech processes like centrifugal clarification. So it does things like it clarifies its, uh, its cocktails, which will then serve in a bottle, clarifying it, making it not kind of um, opaque that you can't see through it. Mm. It'll put it through a centrifugal system where it spins around like a fairground ride that spins around where, where, where you're clinging to the side, yeah? And it gets rid of the, uh, the particles by, um, by, by spinning things around at high speed and takes away the distilled cocktail which is clear. It can still be colored, but it's clear. It's got all of these different things dry ice, distillation. So that's what it's doing. It's very high tech. Uh, it's gone, it, it wanted to be far removed from the really traditional bar stuff, you know, your gin and tonic or regular drinks like that. So I'll, I'll ask you again, Laureen, what about with you? If you were ever, I know you're busy with kids usually, but maybe before you had kids or even if you take a take nice, a night off. Are you a gin and tonic person?
0: Yeah, like I love gin and tonic and different. Yeah, I see. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Karen, I I went for a drink with Karen actually at her at her house, and she made a really delicious gin and tonic, and it was a grapefruit gin and tonic. It was very interesting, and Ah. she put a slice of grapefruit in it as a lovely touch. Yes.
1: Well, actually, you know, um, apart from adding the the grapefruit, did she squeeze some juice into it a bit or? do you know? I'm not sure.
0: No, I'm not sure, actually.
1: Okay. Well, because, you know, the botanicals that go into gin when it's made, gin is basically almost the same spirit as vodka, which vodka doesn't have too much of a taste. But with uh, with gin, there are in these um, fabric bags that uh, that look like, you know, they're, they're, they're made so that they can have liquid pass through them, like a tea bag, the Mm. old-fashioned, or the the flashy tea bags that you get from certain places that have fabric bags. Um, The botanicals that go into gin, there's always juniper berry, uh, but grapefruit, dried grapefruit skin is often one of them. So I wonder if she used one of those gins that has a kind of grapefruit taste. Oh, yes, yes, she did. You can get that. Yes, she did. Yeah, she did. Yeah.
0: What what about for you? What's your sort of tipple?
1: Well... Okay, uh, it used to be always whiskey um, and single single malt whiskey, huh. but I only really enjoy in Hong Kong drinking that for about two to three months of the year. Even if even if I'm in an aircon bar, the minute I walk out, it's like a you know blanket of uh, of humidity and stuff. I don't like having had some whiskies, which are a very warming drink for me. Gin and tonic, I for the last few years have really enjoyed. Um, being able to get either from uh, places, shops, bottle shops, or from bars, these different gins like the one you're talking about that was flavoured with grapefruit elements because it makes things really interesting. When I came back from Singapore last... uh, No, actually, it was two years ago, 2019, I went to Singapore, and and as I was leaving, I saw to my great joy a... um, uh, It was a... Vodka, a small boutique made one, not to be, oh, I'm having a boutique, you know, vodka, <laughs> but I really think it's great. There are small distilleries existing in Hong Kong too, but I grabbed one from Singapore that had certain local, um, it had certain local botanicals put in there. And Star Anise was one because it's used in some of the different. Um, some of the different cuisines there, um, and it had a, it had a few others. It didn't have dried durian, thankfully, because I'm not a big fan of that. But uh, but yeah, so I, I like I like I like a gin and tonic in the warmer weather. Otherwise, I'm kind of open to try different cocktails. But uh, but to be honest, uh, I I've become more and more into having a, a, a white wine or a rosé when it's yeah. this kind of weather.
0: I yeah. think it's great. I'm surprised to hear about the, the, the whiskey. I thought you'd be like a rum kind of guy.
1: Well maybe I'm a rum kind of guy in other ways, in the other meanings of oh he's a bit of a rum kind of guy. Oh but, um, but it, <laughs> what does that? but mean? It, well no, it's not a compliment. Oh, oh
0: but, um, okay. I'm but, sorry. It, yeah, yeah,
1: but it <laughs> but it's uh, but but yeah actually I do I do like a rum sometimes, yeah. And a rum cocktail can be great in this weather as well. Um, and I like sipping rum. That's the really good ace rums. Again, I'd prefer to do that because when you've got a dark rum that's a sipping rum rather than a light one like a Bacardi, then it's very warming. Something about dark spirits, brandy, dark rum, whiskey, that are very warming and I just love them when there's a bit of a chill in the air. And I mean in the air that's not in just the aircon room. So mm-hmm. that's that, yeah. Hey, so that was, um, that was getting back to the uh, 50 best bars so how did hong kong do overall in the top 50 did it beat singapore or did singapore win top 50 we heard singapore had a couple more in the top 10 what do you reckon or i know you love a guessing game yeah. who got uh, it
0: uh, what was hong kong again
1: hong kong in the top 10 got uh, got only two two out of the top 10 where singapore got four but out of the top 50 which one won do you oh. think I don't know. Gosh. Who got more in the, in the top 50? Hong Kong. HK or SG? Well, I'd like to I think, say, yes.
0: I, I, but I, think, I think it's SG.
1: It is. 12 yeah. to 9. Oh. So that's uh, that, that, that's disappointing. But, uh, oh, well, Hong Kong won the restaurant list yes. this year, which we discussed a couple of months ago. So let's call it one-all, keep things peaceful. Exactly. And um, uh, And if anyone wants to go and see the top 50, and also as I mentioned 51 to 100 is also published the website for that is all one word world's 50 best bars 50 is the numbers worlds50bestbars.com and uh, click on the Asia best bars on that homepage. pretty easy to find it's quite interesting to see how how created some of the cocktails are you know I talked about that one in Guangzhou that's because um, if you click on each bar they have some recipes or some, some drinks from the list and a bit about the backgrounds of the bars. Just interesting to see what's going on mm. if you are a bar person. And it also does mention non-alcoholic cocktails. So it's not all about having booze. There are some creative non-alcoholic cocktails out there. Notice we carefully don't call them uh, virgin cocktails or mocktails anymore. We've talked about that before, haven't we, Nori? Yeah, we
0: call Many them non-alcoholic drinks.
1: Yeah, non-alcoholic drinks or non-alcoholic cocktails. That's right. Whatever. It's more, that's, that's kind of nicer, a nicer way of saying it. So, next item from the, from the Globe on food and drink. I came across an article by Forbes magazine this week in which the writer asked international food critics what are what she calls the coolest restaurants of 2021 across the world. That's a big ask, isn't mm. it? Across the world, food critics being asked, what are the coolest restaurants of 2021? Ten of them only. So this is how, how does um, the writer then, and her name is Anne Abel, uh, define coolest? Well, she says, COVID hasn't killed creativity. And while many of us may have curtailed our travel lately, the world's professional eaters um, are still out there exploring. Uh, and she says, with masks, tests, distance and quarantines, of course. Um, what are the best out there. And it's not always about Michelin stars or world's 50 best restaurants. It can be just about simple pleasures as well and the answers to what are the 10 coolest They go across Asia, uh, Europe and South America. They go across the globe. So it's it's a really interesting article. I'll give you a couple of examples only out of the 10. Uh, One of them is in Japan and it's in the city of Kanazawa, which is um, on Honshu Island. Uh, one of the one of the writers whose name is Gerhard Huber, and he's one of only a very small number of people in the whole world who has dined in every three-star Michelin restaurant in the world. He go imagine wow. that if you have the you got the time and, and the inclination the money. somehow, yeah. To go around and doing that, but um, he has uh, he gets some of his money from the website, his website called Foodle, dot pro. It's an international online community of food enthusiasts discussing this and that. Lots of chat forums on there, pretty interesting one to look at actually. But um, yeah, that is amazing. But he's there are a few others. I've read these articles now and then about people who make it their business. To go to every three-star Michelin restaurant in the world, um, so, so that they can get a taste of what the uh, what those um, what those judges think are the best in the world. So this one in Japan that he talks about is uh, it's, it's not a kind of blingy one. It's tucked away in the quiet streets of the city I mentioned, uh, Higashimaya, and it's um, uh, it's off a narrow pathway that, that that has a garden when the weather's okay to eat in as well. And it, it sounds like uh, it's quite from what he says in the article. It's quite difficult to find the actual entrance. Sounds a bit like one of those prohibition era speakeasies keys that we were just talking about. Mm. So <laughs> he, he he says you need to find the door, which is not full size. So even short people need to bow as you enter because it's hard to get in the door. <laughs> Imagine that. I think even before you before you look at the menu. But um, well, he he says once you're inside, it's an awe-inspiring space with counter seats and just two tables inside. Uh, the architecture is very pure and refined, and the kitchen is so small that it would fit into a one-person studio apartment. And there are four chefs, though. Imagine, so you've got this tiny thing with two tables and a counter. You've got four chefs. Um, and the, uh, yeah, it's led by the chef, uh, Chef Imai. And it's a it's basically a take on traditional kayaseki And the dishes are simple but daring. He says, so it's it, it, a kayaseki meal. Have you ever heard of those? Or they're, they're, they are they? Can, do you know those? No. They're, okay, they can go on for hours. I went to a couple when I was doing some uh, traveling around Japan, and they lasted literally four or five hours. Did one with my wife in Tokyo, and uh, and it was just amazing. You get the tiniest dishes. They, some of the dishes are served in scale-wise, to be big enough to hold soy sauce in. And that will count as one course. Or oh, wow. there can be multiple elements, yeah. There can be lots of different elements within them. So I can see we might be running out of time, we Have we got time to mention one more of, the, of this article or not really? Um,
0: I'm afraid, I think we've only got like 30 seconds left, so maybe let's save it for, for the next Tuesday yeah. then.
1: Okay, we will do. Yeah. All right, but it's interesting finding things that are not the usual blingy, you know, three Michelin star restaurants that are, that are judged worthy by people who have been to really top restaurants. That's, exactly. that's all we'll have time for for now, I guess then, Noreen,
0: this week. So More sad. later. Yes, more next Tuesday with Andrew Dambina. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, Andrew, and I look forward to more chats with you uh, on Thursday and next Tuesday. Thank you very much indeed. Take thank care. Thank you, Noreen.
1: Have a good afternoon.
0: Bye for now.